Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Wednesday evening. Trust everybody's had a good day today, a fantabulous day, a wonderful day today. And uh, I'm sure that many of you are tickled that uh, it is uh, hump day is finally over and you're that much closer to uh, uh, the weekend. So uh, I'm sure a lot of people are excited about that indeed. Well, I'm uh, glad everybody could, we can get together and, uh, uh, and worship this evening and uh, uh, hopefully one of these days we'll get back to where we can be in the sanctuary again and I don't know it just seems like uh, <clears throat> Every time I want to see about maybe getting back to the sanctuary they keep saying there's more cases in Washington County So I don't know what to believe and So I don't know if it's and then you see there's about as many people getting better as there are uh, uh, getting sick I don't know. Uh, and then you talked. Then I seen some uh, friends of mine on uh, social media. Uh, he used to go to the church, and he uh, he's he's battling COVID, and he said that uh, it's no joke. And he's talking about how hard it is to breathe, how hard it hurts, and how tough it's been on him. And, uh, and another uh, individual we know, he's uh, literally fighting for his life right now, uh, and uh, to VA. So uh, you know, I, it is to be taken seriously. Uh, you know, I. I'm the first one to tell you I hate uh, with all my heart wearing a mask. So I ordered today uh, the, the what looks like the cone of shame that I can put around and it, it comes up. And uh, that way when Brandy takes me to the vet, I won't bite at any stitches or anybody. So uh, <laughs> that way I can wear it. It's, it's a wraparound kind of like a uh, uh, plastic shield. And that way I don't have to put that mask on around my face. But uh, unfortunately, uh, it looks like I've been to the vet. So it is what it is, but uh, uh, it, it, is, it is better to, to, uh, to look like that to, than to be unable to breathe. <laughs> so if, that, uh, if you feel the need to make fun of me, uh, particularly if you're my father. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, you know, it, my dad has always been good about uh, keeping me humble, that's for sure. So... But anyway, let's go ahead and look at our uh, oh, get out here in a second. Our Bible verse uh, this evening, and our opening scripture will be my favorite verse, Isaiah forty thirty one. So let me bring that up here so you can follow along. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. All right. And as me, Peppy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. All right. Uh, prayer request. Um, we keep, please keep in mind, uh, uh, Kim Penix, she has surgery today. Uh, Ralph Coley and Linda, Ron and Thelma, Murph, Joe Franklin, Glenn Johnson, Sarah Slagle, Johnny and Nora, uh, Morris and Carolyn, P.T. and Sherry, Bill Goins, Dallas Arwood, B.F. Barker, Larry and Dinah, Larky and Nancy, Chuck and P.K., Jane Kitchings, uh, Michelle Fox's mom. I know uh, Mousy had on there that her uh, mom is, is hanging in there and doing steady, so praise God for that. Uh, Vic Young, teachers, students, school board, our president, our country, and, uh, and then uh, online here. Uh, my mother-in-law said pray for Hoppy's hand and Mrs. Boyd and all those battling cancers. So, yeah, my father-in-law looked like he was bit by a spider and I have 
tried with all urgency uh, to make him go to the doctor and he finally goes and doctor didn't seem to take it real seriously my mother-in-law said he hit his hand and said it did some awful stuff come out of it says really caused him a lot of pain and I sure wish he'd get to the go to an emergency room or something and he may need some uh, heavy uh, antibiotics so uh, really uh, keep him in his prayers and his mother uh, uh, Mamie Boyd and uh, Stanton Trailer uh, said he's watching this evening so thank you Mr. Trailer Mrs. Fran Pear says she's watching so glad to have you guys watching and everyone else who's out there watching this evening let's go ahead and have a word of prayer Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you and love you and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you again for allowing us to come together and meet uh, this evening. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Uh, Lord, we'll lift up all these prayer requests and prayer concerns. Uh, Lord, I pray to be with Kim Penix as she has had to go undergo surgery today and uh, that you'll bring her to, to full and complete health and a speedy recovery. Uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll be with my father-in-law, that you'll heal his hand and take away this pain and discovery that he's experiencing. I pray that you'll be with his mother and uh, that you'll be with her and keep her safe and well. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll be with my dad and my mom and keep them safe. Uh, and uh, Lord, I just pray that you'll be with Roger Winters, Mr. Murph, and uh, Ron and Thelma Thompson. Uh, Lord, I pray that um, you'll be with all the prayer requests, concerns that have been mentioned here this evening and those who are watching who are dealing with different situations. And that, uh, Lord, that your will be done and intervene in, in all those uh, prayer requests as well. I pray that you will be with Phil Goins, that you will uh, bring him to complete health. And, uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, uh, all those unspoken and spoken, Lord, you will be done in each and every situation. Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Uh, oh, uh, Sharon says that... Uh, uh, that my father-in-law is going back tomorrow, and they have him on antibiotics. So, well, that's good. So, I'm glad to hear that. And uh, Ms. Trailer said to be praying for the family of uh, Sheriff Wayne Anderson. So, most most definitely, uh, we'll be keeping them uh, in prayer as well. And I uh, saw where uh, Judge Nottifer, a lot of people have been mentioning, uh, had um, uh, passed as well. And uh, so, be keeping, I'm sure they appreciate us praying for his family. Uh, that uh, while we're on that topic as well um, <clears throat> as far as announcements go he didn't think of anything really specifically to announce you know of course you know I do my yeah for those who are watching on the website uh, you know, those who may not know of course I do my live devotions each morning at 6 15 a.m. and uh, so if you want to tune into that each morning as we dive into God's Word good way to get your day started outright and those on social media are pretty well aware of it and uh, have a good uh, turn out each morning people watching and listening uh, so uh, if you want to be a part of that we'd love to have you and then uh, of course Sunday morning uh, we'll have our we'll be physically at uh, Fountain Lavaf Bible Church at 118 Julie Lane and uh, it's from 11 to 12 uh, I'll be doing part two uh, of my sermon for this past Sunday I ran out of time uh, I uh, just barely got started and looked down it was like uh, five minutes to twelve, and I was like, "What in the world?" You know, I don't, you know, it's like I'm like I said, uh, just a couple of things, and, and we was already out of time, so I'm gonna try to follow up, finish that. But uh, before uh, I continue on with part two of that, uh, Doctor Vic Young, uh, he will be uh, doing a short little um, uh, uh, since uh, this uh, you know few days we'll have uh, 9/11 uh, remembrance, and so he's gonna be saying a few things in regards to that. 
Uh, and so uh, he'll start it out, and then I'll I'll finish off. That's uh, from 11 to 12. And then, Lord willing, uh, we'll be uh, meeting from 6 to 7 uh, at, uh, for our Sunday evening service. Have not checked the weather. Uh, if the weather's good, we'll try to continue to meet outside uh, there at the church, at the uh, outdoor stage. Everybody seems to be enjoying that. Uh, if the if it rains, then obviously we'll just uh, do our online service. But uh, I haven't looked. I haven't even looked at weather. Have no clue what it's supposed to do this weekend, if if anything. So, Lord willing, it'd be nice and pretty, and uh, uh, and no no humidity, and the temperature won't be so bad, and we can get out there and, and have a good time. So, uh, as far as I know, that's all the announcements I can think of. Uh, so. Uh, uh, and uh, Miss Mousy's uh, big brother, Larry Fox, is watching this evening. He's got on here. So thank you, Mr. Fox. Glad you're watching uh, and joining us this evening. So, And Dad always hates it when I uh, comment on those who are, uh, <laughs> are saying things on uh, social media. He said it feels like at, uh, what does he call that again, where they look through the mirror and, I don't know, he's old. Who knows? But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> You'll kill me for doing that. Uh, let's, let's go, our main focus of, uh, that we're going to look at this evening is Hebrews 12, 12 through 17. So if you have your Bibles ready and, uh, and available, uh, look those up. If not, then uh, I'll try to make it easy for you to where you can read along right here with me. So Hebrews 12, 12 through 17. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. And make straight paths for your feet, so that it is so what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. All right. Let's, uh, if we may, let's uh, have another quick word of prayer, and let's uh, dive into this teaching this evening. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you again for allowing us to come together and meet this evening. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you will guide us, lead us, direct us in your word. Uh, Lord, help us uh, to, uh, to glean uh, from your good word. Uh, Lord, let it be used to, uh, uh, for our spiritual growth. Uh, let it be used to encourage others around us. Lord, help us uh, to continue the fight, uh, to continue to push forward, to never give up, and to serve you well, Lord Jesus. Help us to glorify you with thought, word, and deed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So, uh, you know, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, as we was reading Hebrews 12, uh, we was looking at, uh, of course, we're still in Hebrews 12, obviously. But we was looking at the first couple of verses, and I was uh, talking about how uh, I really enjoy those because it, uh, I guess, I really relate to it uh, because of my background in running. Uh, something I've, I've always enjoyed, and I told you that before. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I, um, of course, I don't get to enjoy that much anymore, but that's something I've always liked. Now, Dad, you know, he's he was really into uh, bicycling. Uh, he raced uh, a lot. I remember growing up, uh, him uh, doing, uh, doing a lot of uh, high-endurance bicycle races. 
And in uh, fact, I remember one time him and another guy rode bicycles from here to Gatlinburg, uh, and uh, unbelievable. But um, but I, um, you know, well, of course, riding a bicycle is super easy. You know, running is a whole lot harder. <laughs> Of course, I'm just saying that to torment him in case he's watching, but uh, uh, <laughs> but you know it, it takes endurance. Uh, it takes um, the ability to keep persevering. You know, uh, when you're in in in, in, uh, in very hot heat, uh, trying to run a race. You know, and you may think, well, you know, uh, you know, we've heard your uh, illustration on running, and uh, you know, why are you continuing with this? Well, we have to understand, you know, uh, the Christian walk, if you will, uh, is often related to uh, uh, that that race, uh, that endurance. Uh, you know, there was often what was known as the Isthmian Games. It was very much like our Olympics today, and uh, <clears throat> so we we see that there was a time when, uh, you know, maybe there's there, the, the individuals could really relate to this. And so, you know, we see here, therefore lift up your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. When we see that, we have to understand, you know, that when you're in a race and you're running, you can't give up. You have to keep pushing forward. And sometimes, you know, when you're running, when you start out, man, them, them arms are up high. <laughs> but I thought of that. I don't know why. It made me think of my wife uh, here a few years back. She'll kill me for sharing this. Few years back, uh, we was at Warrior. She's having a family. They were having a family get together where she decided to race some of her cousins. Well, they take off running, and I mean, they left her in the dust, and she's behind them, and her little arms were just going as fast. If she ran as fast as her arms were going, <laughs> she would have been. She would have blown past them. But bless her heart, her arms were just a flood, and her legs were just barely going. <laughs> so, that's what we think about that. And, uh, you know, when you're running, you know, sometimes it's easy to really get into it. But then when you start getting tired, all of a sudden you, your arms are kind of dragging. Your 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 knees are getting weaker, and it's, it's hard to, to keep pushing forward. Well, and when we're looking at the, the Christian walk, when we're looking at this Christian endurance, we're being encouraged here uh, not to give up and to keep pushing forward uh, to make it across that finish line. Uh, there was an instance uh, that I thought felt like was, uh, was relevant. It uh, was back in October 20th, 1968. It was the Mexico City Olympic Stadium. And uh, it was at 7 o'clock at night. Uh, most people were starting to, to leave. In fact, the, the winner of that, uh, gosh, if I am uh, mispronouncing this name, I apologize. Uh, Mamo... Walda Widener was the uh, was the winner, but that's not the the point. Uh, as people were starting to leave, all of a sudden there were sirens going on and things happening. Well, uh, there was a, uh, an individual. He was in uh, from Tanz Tanzania, John Stephen Akwari. Uh, he uh, his leg was uh, uh, apparently he had failed and been injured. Uh, his knee was. Uh, bleeding terribly, uh, he was limp limping into the stadium. He goes around the the track uh, doing the 400 meters, uh, and uh, you can tell he's in excruciating pain. But he finished the race, and uh, so the the applause in the stadium uh, was probably greater or as great as uh, the one who won it. And uh, they had interviewed him uh, afterwards. Said, "Why would you finish the race? You had no chance of winning." Uh, why would you endure the pain uh, and, and continue on with the race? He said, my country flew me here 7,000 miles not to start a race, but to finish a race. And see, that's what it is for, for us as Christians. 
we are in it, you know, it's not a matter of, of winning per se, but to continue the fight, to continue to push forward, to not give up, to, and we have to have that high endurance to keep pursuing. You know, uh, we see these spiritual giants out there. You know, I, I look at not only uh, great theologians of the past, but uh, I look at people like my father, you know, who are, to me, are, are spiritual giants, and I, and I wish I could uh, to make that level. And, uh, and I think a lot of people see others around them uh, that, uh, uh, and they get discouraged when they can't um, make it to that level of spirituality. It's easy to want to give up, you know, and there's a lot of times, particularly after the Lord called me to the ministry, my wife could tell you, I just want to give up. Like, what's the point? What's the use? I can't do this, you know. It, 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 I feel like I'm uh, is going up a, a, an impossible uphill battle, uh, and uh, and there, there's no way to win. But uh, um, whether it's my dad or my wife or those around me or, or just the Lord and His Word encouraging me, to keep pushing forward, to not give up, to keep the end of the race. In fact, let me get over here to uh, our slide here. Um, let's see here. There we go. Uh, we look at the Apostle Paul here, 2 Timothy 4, 7. Let me get this up here so everybody can see this here. Um, hold on here. It says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So you see, he's all talking about winning the race, all right? He's talking about fighting the fight. He's talking about finishing the race, not winning, but finishing the race. I have kept the faith. So see, we see here that you know, the, even the Apostle Paul is talking about uh, not so much uh, the, the win, but the fight we have to finish. We have, we have the race set before us. It's not a matter of who starts the race, it's a matter of who finishes the race. And it's easy as Christians sometimes to get discouraged. You know, it, it, I hate it when I, I talk to people or, or, or I've watched Dad talk to other individuals and say, well, you know, invite them out to church. And they're like, well, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm turned off with church and uh, because the people were nasty and, and uh, uh, you know, and, and, and so they just they don't want nothing to do with church anymore. And, and, of course, like, you know, you've always, like Dad has said before in the past that uh, if you're looking for the perfect church, don't go, she'll screw it up. But, uh, uh, you know, it is... Um, uh, I think some people are looking for that perfect church, but there's a lot of people actually have gotten turned off because of the actions of people within the church. And that's a sad thing, that they dropped out of the race because of discouragement from those from within who should have been the very ones who were encouraging them. And that's one thing that we're seeing here from the writer, is that, um, is that we are, uh, you know, that's one reason why I wrote, read that opening scripture of Isaiah 40, 31. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall faint. They shall, I got here in a second. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I got here in a second. But um, uh, because uh, that is, uh, when we see that, uh, we, we have God's strength. Uh, to continue that race, to walk and, and to run and not be worried, to walk and not faint, to keep going forward. You know, I told you, we talked about uh, earlier uh, in when we was talking about Hebrews 1 and 2, and they're talking about those, uh, well, no, not 1 and 2, I think it was um, um, before that, I think it was, um, yeah, I think it was talking about endurance in 7, we were looking at verses 7 through 11, talking about those runners who, uh, uh, who would almost literally pass out, you know, they pushed so hard, through the race across the finish line that they would pass out. And so God gives them the ability not um, to uh, to pass out. 
uh, to keep pushing forward and to not give up. And so that's what we see in, in we hear verse 12, verse 1, therefore lift your hands and strengthen your weak knees. All right, so don't, um, you know, don't uh, grow weary uh, in, this, in this, this long race, all right? This isn't a sprint, all right? There's like a marathon, mar marathon. <laughs> a marathon is 26.2 miles. And, um, and so uh, it's not a sprint. This is long distance. And that's one thing that I've always enjoyed uh, is long distance running, okay? And uh, uh, that is... Um, uh, I don't know, just the endurance of it, um, to see how far I can push myself. I don't know, I, but I, I just I never cared much for for sprinting. You know, you've had these guys that, in fact, uh, when we were uh, when I was doing track, we'd have to practice doing sprints, and I hated it. I hated every second of it. I despised it for whatever reason. I just wasn't uh, set up. I wasn't built for uh, for sprinting. In fact, it always I got shin splints every time. Every time we had to do short sprints like that, I hated it. But um, uh, but I like the long distance, and so just remember that that this Christian walk is not a sprint. It's not something that's just short term. Where this is a long haul, and you've got to prepare yourself. You've got to be ready. We're looking at um, Hebrews five two five two through three, talking about uh, Simeon here. Um, you know, up here, somebody can see it. it. Says he can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. Because this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of other people. In other words, he's giving encouragement uh, to those around him. And that's what we have to do as Christians, is to encourage one another. Okay? So, you know, it's it's easy to... Uh, uh, to want to be fed. It's easy to want to hear God's word, but we have an obligation to go out and encourage those around us as well. And, uh, you know, it's just like, well, you know, the other day, I can't remember what it was we were talking about. I think it was in my devotions. And, uh, you know, we were, I think for the most part, we, um, uh, for those who were brought up here in the South, we were brought up with manners. We were brought up with the, uh, uh, you know, you hold the door open for someone has their hands full. Uh, you help a little old lady across the street, or uh, you know, see, you know, you, I don't, you don't want to talk about it. just just genuine manners, and um, because we want to help those who are in need, uh, you know, and of course, you know, if you're like me, I can't stand rude people. You know, I just I can't stand when I'm at Walmart and I say excuse me, and then we give you the time of day, you know, or you open the door for somebody, try to be nice, and they just walk right in and just act like you. What didn't even exist? Don't even say acknowledge you or say thank you. It makes me angry. You know, if I'm walking down the road or running, somebody drives by, I throw up my hand and wave, and they just look at you. I get angry. I don't know why. It, it, it just bugs me to no end. I hate that. You know, he's dead rude people. I just, we'll just blame it on um, the lack of, uh, of good raisin, if you will. But, uh, but anyway, we do it because we want to help other people. Well, because of our love for Jesus Christ, we should want to be those encouragers uh, to those around us uh, who are, who are uh, struggling in their Christian walk. We have, you know, people are at all, all different spiritual levels. You have those who are seasoned Christians. You have those who are new Christians. And, um, you know, so they may be struggling. You know, I talk, told you one, uh, about uh, when I was running uh, the 400 meter and, uh, you know, somebody they hold off the hand off the baton. You got to take off run. And um, and how we uh, a former uh, 
church members come there. Uh, he ran across a field. He's quoting Isaiah 40, 31, uh, trying to encourage me in that run, you know, whereas my dad or my grandfather or my mom or, you know, they'd be saying, you know, go, man, you know, it encourages me uh, when I was running. Well, that's what we do as Christians. We encourage one another uh, in our Christian faith and our Christian walk. And uh, when you see somebody that's down, you see somebody that's struggling, you really need to be those encouragers and help them uh, to guide them, to strengthen them with God's word. Uh, you know, but now there's some people out there, they just want attention. All right, that's just, you know, I just all there is to it. And I've told you that before, uh, you know, here recently, you know, we was doing uh, this study and, we, and I was talking about, uh, I think, one or two individuals right off the top of my head that, uh, you know, every time you get on Facebook, it's just constant. You know, it's not, you know, you try to offer help. You try to even make physical contact of calling and, and try to reach out. And, and But it's, it's clearly evident that they're only on there to get attention. You know, they're only there just to, for everybody just to, to fawn all over them. And, uh, and they, they, they get their, their uh, whatever out of that, you know. And so those individuals, they kind of tick me off, you know. But, you know, if there's somebody out there that's genuinely uh, you know, you could tell uh, something's not right, something's wrong. You know, and it's kind of weird how the Lord will place different people on my mind. It's just, um, you know, uh, many times uh, I'll be doing something and, and somebody come real strong to my mind and I'll reach out to them. And it's, I mean, it is crazy how many times they've replied back and said, You have no idea what I was going through or what I was dealing with. And when you reached out to me, when you said your prayer for me helped me, that encouraged me. You know, and I was like, hey, it wasn't me, man. I'm just the Lord, you know. And uh, and it, it, it's kind of neat, you know, how God will give us that discernment, uh, give us that ability for uh, for people to be uh, on our hearts like that. And when somebody's on your heart, stop what you're doing and reach out to those individuals. You never know. That, well, there's a reason why uh, that God is laying that individual on your heart. So I always try to do that. And uh uh, and if it's, um, particularly if it's a female, someone of the opposite sex, I always tell my wife, say, hey, uh, the Lord is laying this on my heart. I'm reaching out to this individual in all sincerity. Here's the email, because I don't want to do anything. You know, God's Word tells us to stay away from all appearances of evil. And in this day and age, we have to be extra careful, particularly if you're a pastor. So uh, if you, the Lord has laid somebody on your mind uh, that is of the opposite sex, uh, you know, let's, um, you know, use good judgment and good wisdom in how you approach that individual and how you contact them. And I tell you nothing worse than, uh, I feel so sorry for a lot of these ladies on uh, social media. They some of the nastiest, daggum perverted old men on that on social media. I, re I see some of these comments on there, and I'm thinking, dude, man, come on. What is wrong with you? I just... Anyway, uh, I digress. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, let's go ahead and get back to our word here. Uh, so, it, so we need to, uh, when we look at these verses here, particularly verses 12 and 12 through 13, uh, let's see here. We see this here. Therefore, lift up your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that, we, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone, for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Uh, so um, I read uh, uh, 12 through 14. I'm going to stop at 13. But anyway. Uh, the point is here uh, is that, um, uh, you know, we need to, um, let's see here. Oh, I know what it was. Hold on here. I'm trying to get over here. I'm trying to think of there are some verses 
I just remembered I did put those on here, uh, that uh, God's Word encourages us, all right? When we're feeling down, we feel like giving up, we feel like surrendering, we feel, we feel like we can continue the fight sometimes. You know, here's God's Word, and I think it's awesome that God's Word can, uh, can be, that He gives us that uh, to help us and to encourage us. We can see in Philippians 1, 6, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. And we see in John 10, 27 through 30, uh, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give eternal life to them. And they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And then we see, and finally here in Romans 8, 29 through 30, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would not be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Man, praise God. All right. You know, if you are hungry for the word, I mean, you're right here. You know, there are so many people out there who are spiritually uh, anorexic. You know, they, they are in desperate need uh, of the bread of life. You know, they're in desperate need of God's word. And uh, they wonder why they don't have the strength when that when the battle comes, when things get tough and you're facing those steep hills. Why you can't do it? Because you are anorexic. You've not been spending that time in the Word. You know, every runner, you know, a lot of times uh, uh, runners will eat a, a big bowl of um, uh, noodles, uh, you know, spaghetti noodles, for, not for the run. It, those, those carbohydrates, that, they help you in that, that run for the next day. Uh, you eat high-protein diets, you know, those kind of things that help you. Well, God's Word, you know, we see right here, these are the things that will help us when we face the battles that come. So we need this encouragement because it's easy. The devil wants you to throw up your hands. He wants you to give up. He wants you to surrender. He wants you to tuck tail and run. You know, it is, um, you know, you look at the parable of the sower, you know, and you look at people, you know, when, you know, we see, we hear that oftentimes, you know, once saved, always saved. And there's truth in that, uh, in the fact that uh, once you have given your life over to Jesus Christ, and your name's lit, written in the last book of life, that is, that's true. That, that's not going to be erased. But, all right, here's the thing. I'm not saying that you can lose your salvation, all right? Don't, don't get me wrong in no stretch of imagination. But, you know, if you, you say, uh, you know, uh, some kid, 10 years of age, he, he, he claims he gives his life to the Lord. But he comes a teenager, and he's rebelling against his parents, and he's uh, getting out in the world, and he's, you know, hanging out with gangs or dealing drugs. And, you know, he claimed that he was saved, but his life wasn't demonstrating anything and everything but uh, a life that has been changed. And that's one thing that, you know, as Christians, we have been set apart. I remember that. We have been set apart. And even though, you know, and I've mentioned this in my name in this morning's uh, devotion, that uh, even though we're in this world, all right, we're not of this world, we are set apart. And we, our actions, uh, how we view things, how we say things, what we do should be in complete contrast to that of the world. And I think so many people, uh, they get so entwined with those things of the world uh, that they don't show any distinction. That's not a good thing. We have been set apart. We should be completely different. It should be evident that we are different from that of the world. And I think it's pretty evident sometimes. You know, when you see, well, even this evening, you know, I was, uh, before church started, uh, it was talking about uh, uh, 
JHL had a thing on there in regards to our president, and um, I can't remember what it was, something about, uh, oh, I know what it was, about his uh, reaction to uh, uh, the whole COVID ordeal, and just the the comments on there uh, were just so vile uh, and sickening and disgusting. Uh, and then you see those who uh, uh, you could tell uh, were either Christians or at least had some common sense uh, commenting back on there. You could tell you could tell that distinction. You could tell that difference. Okay, but perseverance is a mark of every true believer. All right, we don't give up. That's why we have God's word to to give us that confidence uh, to uh, to stay walk closely with the Lord. And that's one thing I pray every day, and I hope that you pray that uh, you, you'll have that close relationship with Jesus Christ, that you won't give up, that you'll continue the fight. You know, I want to walk as closely with God as Enoch did, you know. I want to be as bold as Paul, you know. I want to, uh, to have the same uh, spirit, the same wisdom, the same knowledge, the same understanding as Elijah, Elisha, the disciples, the apostles, Paul, Silas, Barnabas, and Timothy. Those are the things I pray for each and every day. And um, uh, I hope and pray that that's something you do as well, that you be built up with that confidence and you'll keep persevering, that it is evident. And, and so we also, uh, we must deal uh, with things that, uh, that are uh, those that, uh, that weary us, uh, deal with those uh, injuries, uh, so to speak, you know, and um, because when as Christians, we're going to have those those spiritual wounds, if you will. You know, just like we were talking about at the beginning of this in the 1968 uh, Olympics. And this individual, he was wounded and severely wounded. Uh, apparently, it was a pretty bad gash, but he continued uh, to finish the race. And uh, it's easy to grow weary when you're wounded. And you may say, well, what are you, what are you talking about? How, how can you be wounded uh, in, in the sense of spirituality? Well... There's a lot of different ways. Uh, maybe you're dealing with uh, a tragic loss. Uh, maybe uh, that uh, someone you were close, that you thought was close to you, uh, all of a sudden um, stabbed you in the back. Uh, you know, uh, that's the sad part. Family members or someone you thought was close to you can hurt you the worst sometimes. Um, you know, that's, you know, I've told you all about this before. Uh, that's one thing that kind of kept me from the ministry uh, for for uh, a very long time, because I've seen individuals time and again uh, that my dad was close to, and they would uh, uh, they would hurt him, they would hurt him bad, and so uh, uh, that kind of I thought you know I don't, I don't want to live like it. I kind of kept me from the ministry, but uh, even as I was in the ministry, or still am the ministry, obviously, <laughs> but uh, I, I stay I keep myself pretty guarded. I, I don't really uh, open myself up to many people. There's, there's I can probably count on uh, half a hand uh, as to really as many people I would consider a close friend and um, to be honest with you probably one of my um, uh, closest friends is uh, my friend from uh, I did my doctoral studies with he lives in Chicago so we literally even live around here we communicate and talk a lot uh, since uh, we met uh, in Indiana uh, but um, and even he was talking about it the other day he said in fact he said uh, uh, he's worried about um, a friend of his uh, that um, he was actually going to uh, really considering quitting the ministry uh, because of, uh, uh, of people backstabbing him, and uh, he was just he was just done. He was over it, you know, and he, he and he was just really really worried about it. 
And that's a sad thing. You know, uh, that's one thing Dad told me uh, when I come into ministry. You have to have a thick skin. And I think for Christians in general, we have to have that thick skin. And, um, you know, it is, uh, when you look at God's Word, He talks about, uh, you know, let's see, hold on here. I'm trying to think of the verse. I think I might have wrote it down here just to be on a safe side. Let me make sure. Um, hold on here. Let me make sure. I can't remember if this is the one I'm thinking of or not. Hold on here. Give me just one second. See, I write a bunch of different verses down, and I don't always write beside of it if that's the one I'm wanting to use or not. Let's see here. Uh, nope, that is not the one I'm thinking of. Uh, let's see here. Hold on. Give me one second, guys and gals. I'm sorry. There's a verse of... Mine's went blank on me here. Um, no, that ain't it either. What in the world is wrong with me today? Um, hold on a second. It's driving me crazy now. i got to find it. Thank goodness for good old Google. <laughs> so, <laughs> hold on here. Uh, and I got the verse in my head. I just want to make sure I got the scripture right. There it is. Yeah, Luke 6.28. I started to say Luke 6, but I didn't sound right in my head. But if you want to look over there, Matthew, Mark, Luke 6.28. I promise you, I thought I really started to say Luke, but it just didn't sound right. And I didn't have it written down, so I thought, well, maybe I was wrong. So I, I messed my own self up here. But uh, Luke 6, uh, 28 over here. Hold on. Pages are sticking together. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. All right. So, um, but I say to you, or if you look at verse 27, but I say to you he, uh, who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, curse you, pray for those who abuse you. And that's hard to do, you know, uh, particularly if, um, you know, uh, maybe you're in, a, you're in a verbally abusive situation. Maybe you're... Uh, being singled out at work uh, because your Christian faith. Uh, maybe you're you're having a tough time at school. Hey, trust me, I can relate. Uh, particularly at school, uh, you know, for a lot of kids out there. Uh, particularly if you're a preacher's kid. That's why you know I I hate sometimes my kids uh, may have to um, endure some of the same scorn that I did. You know, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, you'd be walking down the hall and they say, Shh, uh, "Here comes a." Uh, preacher's kid, uh, Mr. Goody Goody, don't say nothing in front of him. You know, that just, it got old, you know, uh, and, uh, uh, or, you know, and it just, uh, they'd always make snide remarks and the fact that um, I was, hey, it, not even in school, all right, 10 year reunion, all right, 10 year, re 10 year reunion. They get said, hey, preacher boy, you want a beer, preacher boy, you know, and it got old. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even plan on being a preacher then, you know, that was the funny part. I wouldn't even plan on being a preacher, but he still had that, that idea in their head and uh, it got old, but we still show kindness, and we need to pray for these individuals who give you a hard time for your Christian faith. You know, so that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about that that wounding, uh, if you will, uh, in this uh, in this this race uh, that we you know, that we are uh, involved in uh, in our Christian experience, and we have to pray for those individuals. And when somebody's a smart aleck to you, 
it's hard to say, God bless you. You know, <laughs> you, you, you may want to retaliate with something, but it's, it don't normally sound like God bless you. But, uh, uh, you know, but we have to pray for those individuals. And, and I, you know, I can't always, uh, I don't always respond well when somebody's a jerk to me. I, I usually am, I hate to say, I'm usually quick to be a smart aleck back. I know that's hard to believe, uh, but it's true. Uh, but uh, I try hard, uh, you know, uh, to let those things go. And particularly when uh, I first started in the ministry, uh, you know, Facebook was uh, just getting started, and uh, a lot of people were on there, and they were they were talking trash about my dad or the church, and man, I got into some some nasty uh, confrontations with people, and um, because I you know I love the church, I love my dad, and it just it really upset me, but uh, you know it just finally got to the point where it's like you know what you need to let these things go. People are going to let them run their mouth. That's, that's just, that's on them. But, uh, you know, the main thing is we need to pray for these people. Pray that God will touch their hearts and minds. Pray that they'll be, you see, they're under conviction. See, that's why they they were talking uh, this trash, if you will, because uh, uh, they, uh, they're brought under conviction. You know, just like you could be around certain individuals and uh, they'll say something or do something. And say, oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that, you know, because you are a light. All right. They see God in you. That's what brings them under that conviction. And I've seen I've seen people when they walk into a room, hide their beer or, or, you know, they're trying to clean up their language or they'll just leave the room, you know. And, and I've, I've had similar situations happen to me. And I tell them, I say, listen, I, I ain't the one you're going to answer to. All right. You, you, it's between you and God, you know. And um, uh, but for those who are are wounded, for those who are hurt, you know, it's sad that those who are new Christians who have had bad experiences uh, and um, and they've no longer want anything to do with church. Uh, I hate that. Uh, in fact, uh, I met an individual one time. He uh, he wouldn't hardly talk to me, and I, I couldn't figure out what the deal was. And I got to ask around, kind of find out. He didn't want nothing to do with the church, and he didn't want nothing to do with pastors because his wife ran off with the pastor of the church they were going to. <laughs> no wonder, you know. I mean, you talk about a, a wounding. That would be a, 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 a tough thing. No wonder he had such a, a negative attitude towards the towards, towards preachers and towards churches. That would that would be a tough. Talk about a major wounding. But understand. We're in a fallen world. You can't paint everybody with a broad brush as cause the actions of a few. Now, apparently, if this guy, you know, if he, he was just a lowlife that, uh, you know, he's a pastor and had done this, that's, that's just sorry, you know. There's no, there's no excuse for that. But not every pastor is like that, you know. And uh, so whatever, you know, if you're, if you're experiencing those wounds spiritually, keep on the drive. Keep pushing forward. Just like his, this guy we was talking about in the 1968 Olympics. He was wounded, but he was determined to finish the race. We may face those wounds, but we have to be determined to finish the race, not on our strength, but on God's strength alone. And we can't allow the devil to do these different things at us uh, that's going to distract us and hurt us and want to keep us uh, from wanting to drop out of the race because that's exactly what he wants you to do. And so we can't give that into him. We can't allow that uh, to happen, okay? So we need to, uh, again, we must, uh, we got to help each other in, in, in the running of this race. Uh, we have to encourage one another. We have to help one another. Uh, we have to, um, uh, let's see here, uh, so I'm look at oh, 
now I see my verse I was looking for, Luke 6, 27 through 28. That, uh, now it pops up after I was looking for it. Now I see it on here. I need to start writing bigger, I guess. Um, but anyway, uh, so we look here. Uh, let's get back over here to verses here. Uh, when we look at, um, uh, let's see here, uh, verse 13. And make straight paths for your feet, so that uh, what is lame may not be put out of joy. What are you talking about? But rather be healed. Strive uh, for or pursue uh, for peace with everyone. All right, so when we look at uh, that, we see that uh, uh, the Jews in particular, they, they looked at peace as direct obedience towards God. Now, there is, um, is one aspect of peace. Uh, it's talking about that um, direct obedience. Oh, hold on, I went too far on my slides here. And so that brings us to another slide here, Proverbs 3, 1 through 2. Uh, it goes in uh, with what we're talking about. It says, uh, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life, and peace they will add to you. So that's one thing we, they, they were looking at as direct and complete total obedience to God is one way to find true, long-lasting peace. And, uh, and quite honestly, quite frankly, that is the only way we're going to have true peace. Why do you think that... Uh, so many people do drink or do drugs or do these kind of things. They're looking for a peace. Uh, you know, that, like I said, um, uh, those in the world don't understand us as Christians. Uh, they don't get it. You know, I, you know, I remember time and again, uh, individuals say, well, you need to lighten up. You need to uh, have you a beer. You need to do this. See, that is their answer uh, to the things that they don't understand. That is the only way they know how to deal with things is what the world provides. But see, if we are in obedience with God, we have that peace that surpasses all understanding. We're able to deal with things that those in the world cannot. And that's why they have to self-medicate and do those things because they, they don't get it. So they see us as prudes or see us as, uh, as uh, we're, we're just too uptight and we need to loosen up. That's the only way they can have fun. That's the only way they can have peace. But if they understood what God could provide, if they understood what Jesus Christ could give them, it's far beyond the temporary uh, uh, feeling of euphoria that they're getting from these things of the world instead of long, true, lasting peace that God can provide. All right? But, you know, as we see here, being a Christian is not easy. It is hard. It is tough. It takes endurance. We have injuries. We have to keep pushing forward. But God gives us that peace. But one thing we see here, though, strive for peace or pursue peace with everyone. All right? With everyone. So, you know, we need to try to have that reconciliation with those who may have hurt us. We need to have reconciliation with those we may have a problem with. We need to try to have that peace. You know, that's one of the great things we read God's Word, that uh, when we're walking closely with God, even our enemies will be at peace with us. And that's a wonderful thing. You know, there, now there's some individuals out there you can't approach. You know, they're just going to be nasty. And they're going to be ugly. No matter what you say, no matter how you try to talk to them, they're just going to reject you. Hey, pray for them. Have forgiveness in your heart for them and keep going on. You know, it, it is when you're continuing to have those grudges, when you're continuing to have those uh, uh, those feelings of, uh, of bitterness in your heart, that's when that's one of the things that you got to pray about, most definitely. That when you can give that over to God, have that forgiveness in your heart, it is freeing. I'm talking to you from experience. There's, there's people in my life that allowed to control me, 
that I allowed hatred to rule in my heart, I had bitterness for, and I was determined I will not live that way. And so I said, you know, like, Lord, I give this to you, I give these individuals to you. If I have the opportunity to talk to them and try to, to make things right, then I will, and I have uh, with several individuals. Uh, and praise God, you know, when you reconcile like that. But uh, if you can't, then, hey, give it to the Lord and let that his peace. And, man, I tell you what, you talk about a weight lifted off your shoulders. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. But strive for peace with everyone. And for the holiness, all right, here we're seeing that, uh, that um, uh, uh, let's see, it's the, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the Greek word for that. Uh, hegios is uh, uh, holy, and uh, um, I think holiness is um, hegi, oh, goodness, hegiosimos, asimos, oh, goodness, anyway. But the point is, holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So having that holiness, going back to what I was talking to, uh, and um, not, not acting like you're better than somebody else, not acting like it's your, uh, you're spiritually superior and you're looking down. You know, We don't want to be like uh, those Pharisees looking at the public and say, oh, I'm so glad I'm not like this individual. You know, We don't want to have that kind of, of, of arrogance and pride and attitude uh, when we're looking at holiness. But the fact that we are set apart, that we are different, the world, just like I was talking about just a second ago, that we're showing that showing Christ uh, being set apart, and that's what I'm referring to. Uh, we've got to be separate from the world. This is imperative. This is important. And the, and the emphasis, I can't make enough on that because so many Christians, so many churches, and so many pastors have compromised with the world. It is nauseating. All right, you talk about the church of Laodicea, brothers and sisters, we're seeing it, man. I mean, we are seeing it. You talk about the lukewarm that God will spew out of his mouth. Man, we are right there at it. You know, there's no, no doubt about it. We are seeing it. And, um, you know, and, and so they are blending in with the world. These seeker-sensitive uh, churches, and uh, they're, they're, they're wanting to, to compromise with the world, and we can't do that. We have to speak hard truths as pastors. We have to say things that may be offensive. We have to say things to rattle your cage to make you understand the need of a Savior, and that's what we have to do as Christians. Not be nasty to other people, not smacking people around the family Bible, but showing the difference between our convictions as Christians and those in the world, and quit making excuses for sin and compromise with those around us. We have to make a strong and hard stand. And I think so many people confuse uh, speaking the truth with love with uh, uh, making allowances for sin and, and, and accepting sin. And that can be farther from the truth, man. We, we have to abhor sin. We have to hate sin. But we have to have that air of holiness. We have to show that distinction between us and the world. And uh, guys and gals, man, you, you, you're going to have to start making a strong stand. These are the things we're going to be judged on. And we as Christians, have we are that light in the world of darkness. We are that salt. And we have to. And if, we, if we're not being that preservative, preserving the things of God's word, then we are doing an injustice to those around us. We have to point them in the right direction, showing them the way to Jesus Christ. Are you doing that? Are you showing others the way to Christ? Or is your actions, your thoughts, your words, your deeds pointing a direction towards Jesus Christ? Or are your actions, your deeds, your thoughts, your words are just like everybody else and nobody can point you out? You know, that'd be a horrible thing. 
if um, I went to your job and I said, uh, I'm looking for so-and-so here, and uh, they go to our church. They looked at me and said, they go to church? That would be a terrible testimony on your behalf. If those were in, you'd be like, I didn't know they would go to church. That's, uh, you know, that, wow, man, what a poor reflection uh, that would be on you spiritually. So uh, I hope and pray those watching this evening uh, can honestly say, hey, I'll let everybody know I go to church. I'll let everybody know that I'm saved. I'll let everybody know that I'm a Christian. I invite everybody to my church. Uh, you know, I hope and pray that is truly the case. Now, holiness without which no one will see the Lord, all right? See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. Now, that where you get that, that root of bitterness is Deuteronomy 28, 18. And I think i got a slide here for that. Let me look here. Um, yes, Deuteronomy 29, 18. Let's take a look at that real quick, if we may. Deuteronomy 29.18 Beware lest there be among you a man or a woman or a clan or tribe whose heart is turning away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of those nations. Beware lest there be among you a root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. Alright. So again, allowing those things of the world to infiltrate your thoughts, your words, your deeds, your actions. Are you bearing good fruit? Are you demonstrating the, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22, of, of, of the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Or are you, allowing this, the, are you bearing the poisonous and bitter fruit of the things of the world? Uh, allowing the God of this world uh, to tempt you and draw you into things you shouldn't be doing. Viewing things on computer, internet, television that you really shouldn't be viewing, having extramarital affairs, you know, who knows what it may be, uh, you know, maybe you're battling homosexual tendency, I don't know, but what are your, what, what is the fruit that you're bearing, are you bearing the, the poisonous and bitter fruit, things that, uh, of the world, or are you showing that distinction and showing that fruits of the spirit, that's one thing we have to constantly be aware of. Springs up and causes trouble, and by many become defiled. That no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. All right, so looking at this, uh, we are seeing um, uh, two uh, different. Uh, parts of the story between uh, Esau and uh, Jacob uh, and talking about uh, the Genesis 25 uh, 28 uh, and um, uh, Genesis 27 1 through 39 are kind of being uh, brought together now um, we see here also there is a Jewish legend this uh, uh, rabbonic, rabbonic uh, elaboration if you will in the uh, uh, reverence to Jacob and Esau. And, you know, of course, we're seeing here in these verses, uh, not only did uh, uh, Esau uh, give up his birthright for a single meal, of course, Jacob tricked uh, their father and tried to pretend like he's Esau and stole his birthright. But uh, according to this rabbinic uh, legend, this, this interpretation, 
uh, that supposedly uh, that uh, you know here they were twins and while they were in the womb together uh, that uh, Jacob told Esau that uh, there is this world and then there is the uh, the world to come uh, another world outside of this world this world gave uh, earthly pleasures uh, but uh, that, that the world to come has as much better and of course I, I'm paraphrasing uh, but uh, instead of that Esau chose this world instead of the world to come. Now again, this is just a, uh, a Jewish legend. This is not canon to the Bible. This is not um, uh, uh, you know, uh, inspired what I'm telling you here. This is just a Jewish legend. But, um, and, but that Esau chose this world instead of the world to come. And as a result, uh, that that's why he didn't care about his birthright. That's why he didn't care. That's why he didn't give it up for some food because he's more interested uh, in the things of this world. In fact, he said there was five sins that Esau committed uh, that he uh, worshipped false gods. He has some kind of strange worship uh, to other false gods. Uh, he shed uh, innocent blood uh, that he, he killed someone. Uh, that he chased after uh, a betrothed uh, damsel, if you will. Uh, and that um, he... Um, uh, he denied the world to come, and that he despised his birthright. Uh, so that was those were the five um, uh, sins that Esau committed. Sad to know there's so many people out there today who are trying to point to the world to come and, uh, and, and deny that uh, as well. But uh, in closing, I see that we're about out of time here. I do want to say this. There's what I say. Um, I, I, I know why I use a lot of illustrations in regards to running or, or, or uh, some form of exercise. I, but uh, these, these, these things I find interesting. Uh, there was Florence uh, Chadwick. Uh, she was the first woman uh, to swim the English Channel uh, from both directions. But in July 4th of 1952, two years before my daddy was born, she was trying to swim from Catalina Island to the California coast and said that she swam for I don't know how many hours and a half a mile to her. I said it was really foggy. It was really uh, rough water, uh, but, it, but she couldn't really see where she was headed, you know, because where the fog was so bad. She got a half a mile before she got to the California coast and said uh, she gave up. And she said that if she wasn't making excuses, but she said she could see the coast, she'd have never gave up. She'd have kept going forward. Well, the, the point of our passage here that I hope that I was able to express is the fact that we need to encourage one another, uh, that we are in this race. It doesn't matter if you win it. Uh, you know, just like I was told you about that, that poster that I was given, I uh, said that, uh, uh, that uh, running is not always to those who win, but to those who keep on running. And that's the thing. We have to keep persevering. We have to keep our eyes on the prize. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. And if we don't keep our eyes on the Lord, we will, we will lose direction. And here's, you know, just like she quit a half a mile because she couldn't see the coast. So she gave up too early. We got to keep our eyes on the Lord or we will give up too early. We have to persevere. And remember, just because that you go to church, you may read your Bible, you may pray, but you have a responsibility to encourage those around you. So let's be encouraged and be encouragers to those in our Christian walk and in this race. And one day, maybe we will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you for this opportunity and the ability to, uh, to teach this lesson this evening. 
Lord, help us each and every day to be encouraged and to encourage those around us. Help us, Lord Jesus, to stay strong and stay true uh, to uh, this, to fighting the good fight. And Lord, help us to keep our eyes focused completely, utterly, and totally on you. Give us strength. Help us, Lord Jesus, to endure and to persevere. And Lord, for Zoom watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this evening. I hope you all have a blessed rest of the week. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see each other again this Sunday morning from 11 to 12. Thanks for watching, and God bless.